welcome to As Luck Would Have It. My name is Abby and I'm the admin and comms worker here at Leichhardt Uniting. We are a church based on Gadigal and Wongal land in Sydney, Australia. You'll find us at Leichhardt Uniting Church-Luck on Facebook. Sermons are on YouTube under the same name and you can find more information about our church and our team at luckhartuniting.org.au. In this episode of As Luck Would Have It, Reverend Radhika Sukumar White is preaching a sermon from Isaiah 43, 15-21 and Luke 7, 18-23, titled God Doing a New Thing. This is the second episode of our Advent series and was originally preached for Christmas Day 2019. I'll be providing the readings ahead of the sermon. This is the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 15-21. to 21 from the New Revised Standard Version. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing, Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honour me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Thus ends the first reading. The second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 to 23 also from the New Revised Standard Version. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just then cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offence at me. Thus ends the second reading. In the week that this episode was released, Leichhardt United Church has also released a statement on a just peace in Palestine and Israel. We would love for you to read this statement, the Kairos Palestine document written by Palestinian churches in 2009, and consider the steps that you can take this Advent towards a just peace. You'll be able to find the links to those statements on our website, on our social media pages and in the show notes. Please engage deeply and enjoy this following sermon from Radhika, God Doing a New Thing, from Christmas Day 2019. Leichhardt Uniting Church is an interesting place on Christmas Day in that while most church attendances swell on Christmas Day, ours is noticeably smaller because the bulk of our members are young adults who head back to their family home for Christmas. So I really had no idea who would be here this morning, and I didn't bank on any particular one of you being here as I prepared this sermon. So that perhaps this sermon is not for you. I mean, this sermon may not be for you unless you are blind. 
unless the year that has passed and the tragedies that have come before us have left you so literally disillusioned with the world that you cannot see anything good. Maybe this sermon is not for you unless you are lame, unless you have parts of your life that are crippled and incapacitated, things that have kept you from living a free and an abundant life. Maybe this sermon is not for you unless you are a leper, unless you have elements of deep uncleanness, real or otherwise, perceived or otherwise, in your life that cut you off from other people, that make you less than fully accepted. Maybe this sermon is not for you unless you are in some way partly dead, having grown tired and numb and indifferent and resigned, living in a zone of hopelessness. Maybe this sermon is not for you unless you are in some way among the poor, poor in money maybe, or poor in spirit, poor in faith, crippled with debts. So, friends, if you, are in not so, if you are not in some way blind or lame or unclean or dead or poor, maybe this sermon is not for you. And maybe you don't need the good news today or any day. If that's the case, congratulations. And I invite you to spend this time of sermon thinking about someone else in your life who might qualify and imagine this sermon for them. I jest. Christmas is good news for anyone whose lives have scarring and pain in ways that are debilitating. Let's be honest, that is every one of us. You see, Christmas Day is not actually about a baby and Christmas carols and cuteness and all of that. Christmas is the story of a word from God addressed to an exhausted world. This word of God has been spoken to the world in many ways and through many people. This morning on Christmas Day here, we hear it from the book of Isaiah. Here, this word of God is addressed to, effectively, a refugee camp of people who were depressed and beaten and about to give up. Try and imagine this little community replaying old tapes and going over and over and over old hurts, old fights, old failures, old sins, old defeats. This community was stuck in a world of grief. Maybe they were stuck in a world of whinging. And so to this community of displaced, downtrodden people, the word of God came in two quite simple parts. <clears throat> the first part is this. Don't remember former things. Now think about how much energy we use on former things, things of old. We do this in two ways and neither help us. We remember the good old days or the golden age, back when everything was good in our world. And we remember the past with such yearning and nostalgia and rose-tintedness. We likely remember things better than what they really were. Or, conversely, we remember all the negatives of the past, 
going over and over things in shame, wishing we had not said what we said or not done what we did. We remember how hurt and angry we were. We remember how badly we were treated. We remember our old hurts so much that we end up treasuring them as we would family jewels. Into that reality, thousands of years later, hear the gospel for us. Don't remember former things. Christmas, when God speaks clearly and acts decisively, is a time for letting go and forgetting and giving up and releasing that of the past. Almost everywhere in the world, things are completely manic up until today, and then everything goes quiet, like a great world pause. Maybe this pause in our world is providing an opportunity for us to spend time on letting go, to release and forget and abandon the stuff in our lives that just weigh us down. I invite you to use the relative peace of today to intentionally let go of the year that has passed. Don't let the past destroy the radical newness of today, Christmas Day. Don't remember the former things. Why? Why do we do this? Here's the second part from the Word of God. Behold, I am doing a new thing. That sentence, that sentence is the central fact of the entire Bible and the key to our gospel faith. That's it, in a nutshell. This is the good news for us. We are invited to forget what is old and what is past so that those things might be displaced by that which is new and healing and liberating. In fact, the writer of Isaiah adds with a touch of impatience, don't you perceive it? Haven't you noticed the newness that God is working within you and around you? So today, friends, is a day to, as it were, stop and smell the roses. To stop and notice the newness that God is giving that lets our life start over in a new place. Now, back in the world where Isaiah was written, that newness that God was doing was something to shift world power, to rearrange the nations, to permit this tiny community of Jews to act differently, to actually sing and dance, and to finally go home from their deportation. The newness that God did on Christmas many years ago was to send into our world this entirely new baby, Jesus, who brought healing and grace wherever he went, who forgave and transformed and called people out beyond themselves to a newness they could not have even imagined. And that is why John gets disciples to ask the question, are you the real deal? Are you the real newness of God? Are you it or are we still waiting for something else? And Jesus answers in the gospel passage, go and tell John what is happening all around me. Look over there, there are blind people dancing with sight. There are lame people walking away in freedom. There are lepers who have been invited back into the family of God. There are dead people being given new life. There are poor people having their debts cancelled. 
All around me, says Jesus, there are people starting life over in freedom and courage because God has acted to give power and freedom and grace and mercy to this world. I am doing a new thing. I am a new thing. Here we are some 2,000 years later, and this gospel truth is still gospel truth and is evident in very powerful ways in our world. The church is the community that is called to spot the newness that God is doing today and then to live into the conviction and awareness of God's newness. We all are called to bear witness to God who has been at work from creation, who was at work in the person of Jesus, and who is powerfully at work here and now, healing and restoring and liberating and reconciling. With that lens, and we look at the world, maybe then this is why we still live in a world filled with conflict and turmoil because God continues to do something totally new. The power of Christ is at work in the world, breaking up old forms of power, permitting new possibilities, enabling weak ones to have power, enabling sad ones to laugh, enabling sick ones to hope, enabling hungry ones to eat. This, of course, requires a dramatic reshaping of life and society and rules, everything that we base our life on. And it is happening today. It is happening today in Hong Kong, where freedom will not be stopped. It is happening today in India, when women are standing up for women. It is happening right here in Australia, where First Peoples are growing their voice. And it is happening all around the world this year, when more and more people are standing up and saying, our world is burning and we can stop it. It is happening all around us in small ways and in profound ways. God is doing a new thing. And so let me remind you that the work of each of us, the work of the faithful, is to forget what is old and to watch for what is new. Jesus' answer to John in our gospel passage from Luke is a little bit cagey. It's thoroughly Jesus. He won't answer a theological question. He simply points out what anyone with, with eyes who can, to, to see could see. Everyone could notice that wherever Jesus was present, old patterns of hurt and guilt and despair and injustice were becoming broken. Wherever Jesus walked, the power of death was becoming broken and new life was becoming possible. Now, for some, that was a threat because they didn't want to change. For others, this was the best news they had ever heard because that power of sin and death no longer controlled their lives and their decisions and their actions. Friends, this is the word of God for you today. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in our world. God is doing new things in you to grant you a whole new beginning today free from what is old and tired and angry and cynical and despairing and broken. Yes, in a day or two, the world will begin to speed up again. The quiet will be broken and everything will be crowded and busy and just back to normal. Except that it really won't be the same. There is something different. 
there is something new. God today has made a move towards a new power in the world, power for life. This gift of newness is not a mechanical or a magical act that God does. It doesn't float down out of heaven. Newness is a word, a gesture, a gift, something tangible. But it is up to each of you to seize that gift. It is up to you to decide to act on the basis of God's newness. Maybe you might decide that your anger is binding you like shackles and you can choose to break free from that. You might decide that your old guilt is truly forgiven and you can start again. Or maybe today is the day to forgive someone finally for something that they've done to you. Today, Christmas is God doing a new thing. Christmas is God starting over. That is what we celebrate today, and you can take it if you want to. You can, of course, reject this message of Christmas and go back to the old ways, to old stuff, to old fights, to old hurts. But you don't need to, and that's the good news. Hear again the word of God. Jesus has come into the world as a child. And with Jesus has come the real power of the newness of God. For those who are blind, literally or figuratively, the gospel is to receive new eyes, to see the world and yourself and your neighbor and your enemy and all creation differently, to be able to see all as beloved of God and yourself as beloved of God. For those who are lame, literally or figuratively, the gospel is to receive power and energy beyond our old handicaps, to move beyond our being crippled into the new power of the grace of God. For those who are unclean or who feel unclean, the gospel is the news that God is not preoccupied with our leprosy, but invites us to full fellowship, to be first-class citizens, no longer prevented by the deep scars of past exclusion. For those in the power of death, the gospel is that that power need not prevail because there was new power for life that enabled dry bones to move again. And for those who are in poverty, the gospel is that old mortgages of eternity are not held against us because today God has declared a full amnesty on all unpaid bills, all unsettled accounts, all unhealed hurts, all unforgiven sins, wiped clean. That newness is a gift that the world did not expect. The world did not expect Jesus and the way of Jesus and did not welcome him as much. Today, in Africa, in Korea, in Russia, there are still people who do not expect that justice and peace. Really, our expectations have been eroded until we expect nothing to change, nothing to be made new. But friends, join this miracle of Christmas today. Notice the gift that is before you. Receive the newness and begin again. 
Christmas is for receiving far more abundantly than you could imagine. Not trying to explain it, but accepting this gift in joy and gratitude and the freedom to live differently. Be a people of the Christ child who made all things new. Don't remember the old things. Behold, I am doing something new. Don't you perceive it? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of As Luck Would Have It, proudly presented by Leichhardt Uniting Church. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe and feel free to leave a rating or review. And you can also visit our website and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Have a great day.